You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Thursday? Um, you have reached the flagship of the Locked On Podcast Network that brings you your team every day, and we're the number one local sports daily podcast network in the entire world. And I mentioned today's Thursday, and as we do every Thursday, we bring on Mike Sando, and that's going to continue through the offseason. I'm pretty excited about that. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Had a good time at the Super Bowl. I know everyone's complaining about the game, but if you like football, you still like the Super Bowl. So I did. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like ancient history at this point, but I thought it was an excellent game. I know it wasn't what everybody wanted. It wasn't like the Rams and the Chiefs at, on that Monday nighter or last year's Super Bowl, but I thought it was great defensive football and very fun to watch. It was. Yep, it was. So we would like to see a little more scoring, but uh, just interesting how you were able to hold the team to three points. And I guess that's one of the things we're going to talk about today, Matt, just spinning forward. We're, we're going to look at next year's Super Bowl already. We're going to preview that, baby, huh? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> maybe not quite to that extreme, but think about last year. We were talking about the Bears, like, boy, you think Roquan Smith's going to fall to the eighth spot for them, you know, and they end up being a contender, you know, so I want to go division by division and look at what teams could make that kind of jump, you know, who's ready to make some noise in the league, is that cool with you? That sounds good. I'm going to actually go over to a divisional standings page here so okay. I can see it in that format, and we'll be ready to go. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with an easy one. That's the AFC East. Uh, we, got <laughs> the, <laughs> we got the Super Bowl champs there. Mike, I don't know if you know this, but I found this very interesting, is the Vegas odds came out for next year's Super Bowl. You know, that always happens right after the Super Bowl ends. And Washington, Detroit... Buffalo, that's noteworthy in this division, Cincinnati, Oakland, Arizona. All those teams are 100 to 1. I mean, okay, that doesn't sound illogical to me. The Dolphins stand alone at 300 to 1. Like, Vegas looks at them like they're by far the worst team in the league, and you're hearing the tank word come out of Miami, they're going to have a new quarterback. And then along those lines, the Jets are on the next level. They're 80 to 1. So... Once again, it looks like the Patriots don't have a lot of competition. Yeah, there's no team from that division that you would say I think is going to make a deep playoff run. You know, I think if you're if you're Miami, you know they're being honest that they're rebuilding. They're going to right. they said that before they announced Flores as the head coach. I mean, they're going to do this the long way. So 
definitely put them way to the side. They're they're, and I think if you're those other teams, the Jets or the Bills, you're hoping that you're contending for a playoff spot. You're hoping you can get mm-hmm. to 500, but but there's a lot of hope involved to do that. Of those three, and I guess really those two, the Jets are the team I think I feel the most strongly about. If one of them were to get in the postseason, have that nine and seven season, and a year from now you and I are going, hmm, maybe they can win the East. Yeah, I, I sort of look at it like what team would I want to take over the most if I mm-hmm. if you had to take over one of those teams and to have a chance to win now, other than of course New England. And I think you know we probably feel better about Darnold than the other guys on the other quarterbacks in the division. So that's where it's at. But a lot of work to do. None of those teams were on were in consideration for me of the non playoff teams um, to make up to challenge for the Super Bowl. Right, and how much? It's a small factor to me. But I don't think it can be ignored that during this amazing Patriot run, the futility of these other three teams has made their life easier. It has. I mean, I think what I don't like is when people try to use it to say in some way the Patriots, you know, uh, are less excellent than they are. Because, you know, really, if you look at their non-division record, um, it's really great, too. And it's identical. I mean, their winning percentage in the division and out is identical. Yeah, but yeah. but I'll tell you, here's where you know it it certainly helps is the last couple of weeks of this last season. You know, they were struggling a little bit. Not you know the last there there were stretches this season where the New England team wasn't just awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things they were well. Then they finished. You finished the season with a couple of division lollipop games. You know, and uh, that helped you get home field. So you know, it sort of is what it is. But I covered the. NFC West for a long time, and it was bad too. You know, it was Seattle would get that division for a while there, um, or when Arizona was winning it, you know, for a while there, um, there wasn't competition there either. So I don't think it's unique in any one year for the rest of a division to be bad. Um, it's just the idea that for so long, um, it's been a long know, time, there, yeah. there hasn't been really another quarterback in the division for so long is unusual. Yeah, and again, I don't mean it to detract at all from what they've done. I've been raving up and down about them, of course. But I do think if you start slow, which they do, you know, September's like the extension of their preseason, you you know you can get away with it. Or, ah, let's rest Gronk for week 11 and 12. You know, where, I, I go back to the Steelers a lot, but over this run, the Steelers couldn't do that because the Ravens are nipping on their heels. Or, you know, other divisions, you just don't have that luxury. Yep, and they do. Yeah, and they have, and they take advantage of it. Good for them. Um, speaking of the Steelers, I think the AFC North is very interesting. I tend to think the Ravens go backwards, and I, we think we saw a little of that in the postseason. I don't know that their formula is super sustainable, and they have, what, five or six prominent defensive guys that are up for free agency. I just think you have to have a passing game. But I'm intrigued with the rest of the division, too, though, for this conversation. Absolutely. I mean, Baltimore has shown us forever that um, they're going to be grinding around eight and eight, and some years yeah, it's going to be yeah. ten and six. So you know, I think they're going to be somewhat similar. Um, Pittsburgh. Let's just. I need this off season. To, I need to adjust everything because it's been weird. You know, the stuff that's happened with Le'Veon Bell, then Antonio Brown. What's all going on on there? Is it all just going to be fine in the end? Um, I don't know. I think they're a da- you know still a dangerous team, but. I'm not banking on them. And I, I think Cleveland's very much on the rise and and 
you know, has a chance to try to win the division. I mean, I think they can easily be what were what they 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 were seven, eight, and one last year. I mean, it's not very far for them to go to be eight, seven, and one, or nine and seven, or ten and six. They could be right in there. So, I still don't see them as making a run of the Super Bowl. But, like you said, intriguing division. And the Bengals, people will try to say, are going to be two and fourteen. But, you know, I don't think so. I think that they'll be just a below average team. Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati's better than common opinion. I think people are going to talk about them. I just mentioned they were in that bottom tier for Super Bowl chances. I think they're better than that. I think they're a six or seven win team. I think their offense has a chance to be pretty good with the new coach. Um, I'm with you on Cleveland. I'm, I think most people will pick them to win the division. That'll be a hot pick come you know training camp time. Um, and the Steelers, I don't think they're going away but I say this all the time around here, that if you lose Shazir, Bell, Antonio Brown, and Mike Munchak in a year and a half, it's going to hurt you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yep. no way around it. Yep. Agreed. What do you think about the AFC South? I mean, Houston won the division. Jacksonville a year ago looked like a good team. Maybe they have a Foles or a Flacco and a rookie, something like that. I don't know Tennessee's going away, and I think Indy's the hot team. No doubt. And while we're sitting here, Matt, I just got a little alert on my phone that the Colts have rehired Howard Mudd as, oh, did senior, as senior offensive assistant. So awesome. He's a great offensive line coach. I've uh, gotten to know him decently over the years. He's an all-decade guard from the 60s, so Howard's been around a long time. Uh, but I like. I, I heard he has a very team. unique coaching style. Like He doesn't coach it like any other offensive line coach. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. that. Yeah, it's interesting. He's a very uh, cerebral guy. Okay. You no, know, he, he, you know, and was uh, and played the game. So it's an interesting combination. I, I, I do like him very much as a coach. Uh, I think that that helps them. But you know, if we're looking in that division, I'm loving the Colts of the teams that missed the playoffs, Tennessee and Jacksonville, making a Super Bowl run. I just don't see it. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I need to see the Jaguars having sort of the football character, let alone the quarterback. They don't have either right now. So we need to see more. Tennessee, I mean, geez, I just can't trust Marcus Mariota. And what are the odds that he plays the whole year and is actually really good for the whole year? And, oh, by the way, they promoted to their offensive coordinator position someone we don't really know anything about. He might be great. He might not be great. Uh, It just feels like another year of sort of status quo, be a competitive team, but not uh, going to be a next-level team. Yes. I don't know that it would surprise anyone, though, if Tennessee, kind of like this year, is that last wild card team, or if Jacksonville doesn't implode on offense and has a Foles or a Flacco and stays a little healthier, they get back to an eight or nine win team. I mean, I think those are like the ceilings for those two, though. I agree, and I just think that the Colts have such a good thing going, not only with their quarterback, but with how their general manager is going about doing things, how their head coach goes about doing things. They are just on a really nice path upward. I think their trajectory goes upward. I think they win more than 10 games next year. I think they win the division next year. Yeah, they might be my AFC Super Bowl pick. So they're like the definition of what we're talking about here. Yep, absolutely. Although, when I sort of approached this, I was thinking more of teams that didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But we're expanding that, and I agree with you. Yeah, I, I hear you. The West, um, Kansas City's the leader in Vegas to go to, to win the Super Bowl next year. I totally understand that. I don't think the Raiders will be competitive. I think they might be going the right way. A year from now, we might be talking about them competitively. 
I don't like where Denver's sitting, and I think the Chargers will be a lot like they are this year. Yeah, I agree, although I, I think Oakland will definitely be better. I think the, mm-hmm. the, their offense got better late in the year. Uh, they've got a ton of draft picks, as bad as it went in the first year and as bad as John Gruden looked with some of the decisions they made. I do not think John Gruden's an idiot. You know, I think he will get his bearings a little bit. I think they'll add some good players. I think they'll have a better plan. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they um, were closer to a 500-type team. Um, that would not surprise me. Denver, I love the hiring of Vic Fangio. I think, you know, uh, bringing in, <coughs> excuse me, Mike Munjack. Um, they're an interesting team. And to the extent that their offensive coordinator being brought in from the Kyle Shanahan tree, somebody we really haven't heard a ton about, can replicate that offense. Where, you know, in that offense, it seems like, you, you know, boom, you plug in a, whether it's a Kirk Cousins or you know, a Robert Griffin III or Nick Mullins, whether or not they're good quarterbacks, they, they get seem the to do right, well yeah. in the system. So Denver's definitely a team I'm not writing off. I, I agree with you. I don't feel like that they should be a favorite to win the division, but I do think this division is in, is interesting and competitive, uh, more so than the bottom two teams on paper make you think. Okay. Yeah, I mean... The Raiders certainly showed signs of life. I am a Gruden believer. They have to have more talent in 19 than they did in 18. I just think that they have so many holes that it's probably two years from now, if everything goes well, that they're really in this conversation. Um, I've been telling people about a podcast all week that I'm hooked on. It's called That's Gold. And if you remember Kenny Banya from Seinfeld, that's gold, Jerry. Um, That was Steve Heitner, and that's who hosts this podcast. It's That's Gold with Steve Heitner, and on That's Gold, Steve is joined by co-host Rich Johnson to talk about everything guys love, sports, sports betting, movies, comedy, food, drink, music, Vegas, and you name it, and they they come at you five days a week. It's like having a conversation with your buddies at the bar, but what's different is this bar, famous guests show up from time to time and shoot the breeze with, with Steve from time to time, so... Check out That's Gold with Steve Heitner on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And do me and Steve a favor and leave us a good review while you're there. So check out That's Gold with Steve Heitner. All right, we are back with the NFC. I think the NFC East is very interesting to me. I don't know what to make of Dallas. I got to say I don't have a lot of faith in the coach-quarterback combination in Dallas. So I think the Eagles are the the obvious rebound team in this division. I also think the Giants might start to show some signs of life, but who's going to be the quarterback? Who's the quarterback in Washington? I don't see high ceilings for either one of those two teams. No, but I I think the Giants are an interesting team because of the skill they have on offense and, uh, you know, who are you going to plug in there? I think they played better late in the year. You know, I think even with Eli in there, the offense was better late in the year. You got Shermer another year with that offense. Giants, to me, are not going to be a terrible team. I I think they could be, uh, you know, they could be closer to a middle-of-the-pack type team. Redskins, I'm feeling on that. We need to see what they're going to do at the quarterback position. They could be in the mix for one of these veterans. I still don't think it elevates them. I think they're just hanging on a little bit right now. Yeah. Don't like the overall organization. Um, Dallas, the thing I like about Dallas is 
you know, they have the capability to play pretty good defense. So uh, I'm with you on the coach quarterback thing. I don't think that's elite at all. But uh, formula of defense run game, um, they added some explosive playability with Amari Cooper. They became a team that could um, at least be competitive. They, I think they were, you know, ten, what were they were 10 and 6. I mean, that that's, I think, the type of team they can be. I can't squint hard enough, though, for Dallas to be in the Super Bowl next year. No, I agree. Okay. No, I, I agree. I'm not putting them there either. Um, advancing through the Super Bowl with that combination, not seeing it. But um, I'm sure I, I'm with you that Philly has the highest ceiling uh, of the division, but also has some issues to overcome, too. No, they do. I mean, and they don't have a lot of cap room. I don't know if their teams will look a lot different. I'm just a big Wentz believer. Um, we go to the North. I think the Vikings are certainly a rebound candidate. I mean, a, a non-playoff team that could add an offensive lineman, be a little bit better in the kicking game, get back to being 12-4 and four type of team. I don't think that's far-fetched at all. Green Bay is interesting to me. I mean, a new coach, how's that marriage going to work in year one? Clearly they have Rodgers, that's huge. Um, but I don't love the supporting cast. I still think Detroit's far away, and I don't know if the Bears are going away, but I also, that means that Trubisky's got to be better this year. I don't know that he will be. Yeah, when I sort of reapportion the wins from that division, I'm taking Chicago down from 12. Yes, <laughs> I'm adding, agreed. I'm adding a few of those onto Green Bay and Minnesota. Um, Minnesota is really interesting to me because there was so much expectation for him last year, and then Tony Sperano, their great line coach, dies right before the season. Um, I felt like it was a lot of moving parts with the new offensive line coach coming in and the new quarterback. Um, that's a hard thing to do. I think having some developing some sort of continuity with the quarterback, the coordinator, head coach, all being on the same page is critical. Uh, you see that with other teams, and they didn't have that. Um, and Mike, not to sound coarse, but just strictly business. That was the position that they needed the most stability. You know, offensive line. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Yes. Um, obviously, the human in human terms, the cost was horrific, but there was also a football cost, you know, in losing such a very good coach of the line, which was a weakness on paper. Uh, I think they have had this whole off season. They know that, so you know they're they're working to try to fix those problems. I think a little bit of the immediate pressure of having cousins making that money goes away for them. I don't think that's as big of a storyline for them, um, and we may get more. Uh, we may get better from them this season. We should get better from them, and I agree with you. That they could be a decent pick to win the division. Yeah, and I've mentioned this a few times, but they missed the most field goals in the league by a wide margin. So maybe that tie turns into a win. One of those losses turns into a win, just with average field goal kicking. And I got to think their offensive line's better. Like you said, with a year to prepare, maybe a first-round pick there, shuffle guys around a little bit better, and I think Cousins' life's a little easier next year. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like, uh, I'm like. i really anxious to see how that plays out. Yeah, uh, and I think Dalvin Cook's maybe a pro bowler next year as opposed to being a kind of non-factor for much of the year. Yep, lots um, of miracles. The South, the team that jumps out to me in the South is Atlanta. Like, I think that defense was so riddled by injuries. You get... Keanu Neal and Jones, and I think they'll keep Garrett, Jarrett, and probably add a body there. I think the offense will remain 
very, very good. New coordinator on that side of the ball. I think Atlanta could be, not a powerhouse, but I think they could be a real mover and shaker. I tend to think that Carolina's got the, the arrow pointing drastically down. And Tampa kind of is what they are. And can the Saints sustain this level of excellence with the inability to really change their roster much in the draft in this offseason? Well, I understand why the Saints are so frustrated about missing the Super Bowl because these opportunities are precious. I, I have some concerns about them just being that elite level. I mean, I think we saw a lot of teams' offenses head south the last six weeks, last month of the season. There's one of them. What was the reason for that? Are they going to be just a dominant offense again? I uh, agree with some of what you said, but I, I also believe that Carolina could be better than we're giving credit because mm. – um, I trust Ron Rivera's ability to fix problems, and I think that Norv Turner did a great job with Cam Newton in that offense until Cam couldn't throw the ball five yards anymore. They were a team that was trending towards having a top-five offense when oh, for Cam sure. Newton was healthy. So uh, they also, some of the changes they made late in the year defensively you know, to, with their staff, I thought seemed to seemed to help. So... Um, there's, they're a team that could have a lot of change defensively. Uh, they have some age on that side of the ball, but if Cam Newton can be healthy, get that shoulder back. I thought they had a lot of really nice young talent offensively with a offensive coordinator in North Turner who reinvented himself a little bit and, you know, wasn't the stubborn old guy saying we're going to run the Troy Aikman offense. Um, he really had them going. So, I think they're a team that could make it hard for other teams in that division. I see what you're saying. I mean, like when they came here Thursday night, I was telling everyone, this is one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, like this is an amazing group. Turner's doing a great job. They're very, very hard to play against. Christian McCaffrey might be a league MVP someday. And then the injury set in, and that was kind of the beginning of the end of their season. My worry is the age, you know, the Thomas Davises of the world and Olsen yep. and the Cleo brothers, and there's just a lot of old dudes. And I hate playing doctor, but this Newton situation reminds me of luck two years ago where we're going to be like, well, he's not thrown in minicamp. But reports are good for training camp. Well, he's not yet thrown in training camp, but he'll be fine for the regular season. Then he doesn't play in the preseason. And then, well, he's going to sit out a week or two. You know, like it just, that worries me. It does worry me, too. Yep, it does worry me. Um, yep, 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 yep. I'm with you all the way. Yeah, I, and I hate Cam, playing doctor. You know, I don't know. And, but. and how does Cam rally with that? You know, I think Cam's been a pretty good uh, front runner in his career. You know, when things are going great, man, he's got it rolling. How does he handle that at this stage of his career? He's taken a lot of punishment. Um, you know, is it going to be a smooth rehab? We don't know all that. That's just right. pure, we don't know, but your type of a scenario where it keeps getting moved out further um, can happen, especially when it's a throwing shoulder. And, you know, it's not just like if it's a knee, Cam Newton's just going to come back. You know, you know what I mean? Right. He's going to make it. But the throwing shoulder is a big deal for quarterback. I, I just want to stick with that just for a minute because he's not Andrew Luck. You know, he's not the line of scrimmage player. Like if they brought him back and got the ball out of his hands quick and reinvented him and we don't want you running – I don't know if he's a good quarterback if you do that. You know what I mean? Like, he has to be Cam. He has to be Superman to be the best he can be. And I've kind of said all along, maybe that shortens his career, and it's worth it. But I worry if we'll ever see the same guy now. Oh, I I agree. And, I you know, he's the type of guy that um, 
I don't think you're going to see him for that reason hanging around for four years. You mm-hmm. know, as it as it declines, he it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know a certain point Cam Newton just retires. You know, because yeah, because it's becomes too hard to do. So um, he's already defied the odds. I mean, I think he's been amazing for his career to carry the offense like that, to hold up physically. We've never seen anyone like him run the ball like that from that position. Uh, we've always said, well, this is going to take a toll someday. And you know what? He's kind of proven us wrong. He, he's I think it might be that day, this long, But that day is a lot closer now. It is coming. So. Yeah, it is. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will wrap up with the NFC West, a very interesting division as well. So we'll be back here in one moment. I am excited to tell you about a product I am very excited about, Low-K-I. Um, NFL Nation, I'm excited to tell you about our newest partner. And exactly like I said, that's Low-K-I. You need a little extra swag for game day. Low-K-I has your back with their brand new game day collection. If you haven't heard this name before, well, you have now. This company is amazing. I've been using their bracelets, rocking their bracelets, and so has my wife, actually, for quite a few years now. And it's a bracelet with an amazing message and also supports incredible causes, which is really wonderful. The Low KI bracelet comes in your team's colors and holds waters from Mount Everett, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder for me to stay balanced during life's highs and lows. I'm a big braces guy, and no joke, I've been wearing the same one on my wrist now for three years. <laughs> I really have. It has an awesome message, which personally helps keep me focused with you know, both during the good and challenging times of my life. Since Low KI is friends with the show, they are offering you an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day collection bracelets. Pretty cool. Guys, trust me, I've been a fan of theirs for years. This is the best deal. Just use my promo code LOCKEDON25, that's all one word, LOCKEDON25, when checking out, and boom, you can thank me later. Uh, Go to LOKAI.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON25, and take advantage of this amazing deal right now. All right, all right, we are back, and this has been a fun conversation because it's a good way to just kind of Get a pulse of the league right now after the Super Bowl. Combine's around the corner. By the way, I need to buy you a cold one at the Combine, Mike. I assume you'll be there? I'll be there, yeah. Excellent, excellent. I'll be there, I think, four or five nights. We, we camp out at Radio Row. Maybe we'll have you on the air, all that good stuff. Definitely run into yeah, you guys. Love it. Um, let's talk the West in the NFC. And you and I have had a lot of Rams conversations, not just because they're in the Super Bowl, but because of the, the makeup of their team and their team strategy. And I think it's safe to say that some of their stars won't be back, but maybe they'll find new ones. I mean, I don't think they're going to change the way they build the team. And I don't think they're going away, but there's a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth about the Rams, which probably isn't deserving, to be very honest. I I think they're still a powerhouse. I think Seattle's basically going the right direction, but I don't know that they're loaded with talent. I'd like to see them, you know, bring that passing game further along and not be so run dependent, even though it worked up until the end. Arizona has to be better, but they're kind of like in the Miami conversation. And I think San Francisco is kind of the definition of what we're talking about here. I'm a Jimmy believer. They have an early pick. They have cap space. It wouldn't blow me away if Antonio Brown ends up as a 49er. I think San Francisco could be good next year. That I think San Francisco could be good next year is their slogan for like the last five years. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, don't you have to be good? <laughs> yeah. You I, know, I mean, it's that's, funny. It's that, hard to argue. There's, 
there's coaches. I've talked to coaches in the league. There's split. Some people like, a lot of people like Garoppolo, but I've also heard coaches say, you know, best thing that happened to them is that people that Garoppolo didn't play, so people could still think he's great for another year. You know, so um, the way I look, so I was asked, I don't think it's published on ESPN.com yet, but I was asked to, you know, come up with Super Bowl teams for next year, and I wanted to pick one that was a high percentage one, okay. and I wanted to pick one that was a low percentage one. And to me, the two teams with the best records in the NFL since 2012, Russell Wilson's rookie season, are New England and Seattle. And I believe that Pete Carroll knows how to build a program. And for them to go 10-6 and six with a rebuild year when they hadn't hurt half the players, well, by the end of the year, you had heard of Trey Flowers and you had heard of some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I believe that they know that he knows what they're doing. And with that quarterback, who is a real quarterback, we don't know if Garoppolo can play seven games in a row, let alone be good. We don't know what he can do in the playoffs, right? We didn't know what Goff can do in the playoffs. But if Russell Wilson has the ball in the Super Bowl the other day, instead of Jared Goff, they get a touchdown at some point, right? I mean, he makes yeah. the play. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm saying... Look out for Seattle because they were able to win 10 games with a rebuild year. They're going young. And Pete Carroll has shown over the years that he can go young and develop guys, and those become your next guys. I think that they were way better than people thought, except I thought they were going to be decent last year because I live in the area. I know what they're doing. So I want to see it from San Francisco just once. I want to see a glimmer of it just once um, before anointing and saying, wow, this could be a really good team. I think they have a great offensive play caller in Kyle Shanahan, but a lot of questions on the defensive side um, and questions of who, if their quarterback's good. So uh, that's where I'm at on that division. Um, and curious what you think. Yeah, the I feel kind of dumb because one of my locks, I always have a, a big show where I go through every team right before the year, and I pick over-under wins. You know, I go to the Vegas number, and I told a bunch of people out there listening, one of the teams I feel most confident is Seattle's under. And I think they were at like seven and a half wins. I'm like, I love Carroll, I love Wilson, but this is a rebuild, guys. You know, like, and their uh, turnover percentage and their hidden yardage was exceptional, and they really maximized what I thought was an average roster. But your points are strong. I mean, Carroll and Wilson aren't going away. I just ding Dallas heavily for not having a quarterback-coach combination I like. And how many do I put ahead of Seattle's? <laughs> Very few. And I think their roster will be better this year. Yeah, they, they've started to be better in the draft. And, I, and so, again, and I, I think that while that's hard to predict a lot of times, I think that there's a good in-sync-ness with um, – the GM, the head coach, the coordinator, the line coach, all that stuff's aligned right now better. And I think it's helping them get the most out of their talent. They, it was surprising to me what they were able to do, but they have a real clear vision for how they're going to do it. And I think that they were not that far away last year from being a team you didn't want to see in the playoffs. Um, they just weren't, they weren't quite there, but they were, were not that far away. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. I'm kind of coming around on them for sure. They probably won't have Earl Thomas, probably will have Frank Clark, but that's pretty much with how, how they lived last year. You know, I mean. Oh, yeah. I, they don't want Earl Thomas. Right? No, right. If they wanted Earl Thomas, they would have signed him. They want to go young and have a new mindset with the team. Mm-hmm. Back to San Fran real quick just to conclude the show. I don't. I have a hard time squinting and saying, boy, this defense is pretty good. Even if they end up adding 
Bosa or Quinn and Williams or some stud defensive lineman, fine. I still just think there's a lot of problems there. But I can also picture, I think they have a line in place now after taking McGlinchey. I'm a Shanahan believer, and I'm a Garoppolo believer. So if Garoppolo yeah. with Juszczyk and McKinnon behind him, Kittle at tight end, Goodwin yeah. and some receiver to be named later, not necessarily Antonio Brown, but somebody else, I think that could be a top ten offense. Yep. No, we've seen that. We've yeah. seen that, that. We've seen that that can be the case. Um, I just think that they've gotten such a bump from how good they're going to be, and we just haven't seen it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even oh, amazing value to get Reuben Foster in the first round. <laughs> amazing. We hear right. about it for a long time, and then he's, he's out of yeah. the, he's not on the team. So. Um, you know, I want to see the fundamentals come into focus better. I agree with you offensively. Kyle Shanahan's amazing offensively. Yeah. And they're going to be good. I mean, they're putting up 400 yards on with, with Nick Mullins. So um, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you on that. I just want to temper it a little bit and say, hey, wait a minute. We've seen the show before. Yep. Yeah. And Jimmy has to stay healthy. I mean, that's getting to that point of his career where that's yeah, he, a major red flag. He has to play well for a full season for the first time. And Russell Wilson never misses a game. Mm-hmm. Plays well every year, so that's a big component for me. I'm not sure this is a fair question, but I'm going to ask you it anyways. Would you rather have Garoppolo or Goff? Um, I'd probably rather have Goff because at least he's made it through seasons too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I figured that's the easier answer because you've at least have seen the 16 games of quality play, like you mentioned. You know, you have not seen that from Jimmy. I think Jimmy's a better player, but it'd be hard to. Yeah. It'd be hard to say, yeah. yeah, I'm taking him, and then he sits on the sideline for another year, you know. Well, Goff can be so amazingly accurate mm-hmm. when everything's right for him, but I think we, we see it's harder when it's not right for him, and that's true of a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> no no um, doubt. And that's why I come back to Wilson a little bit. It doesn't have to be right for Wilson, does it? No, not at all. I mean, he stands alone in this, in this division, which is a pretty good feather in the Seahawks cap when we have this conversation. Um, Mike, this is fun, man. Let's do it again next Thursday. Uh, I haven't announced yet to everyone, but there will be a new weekly schedule going forward. But Mike is going to be here every Thursday, as he has been. And if you ever want any topics for us to discuss in the offseason, shoot either one of us a a tweet, too. So we're always up for talking about whatever you guys want. Uh, Tomorrow I will be back. No games to pick, but I promised you I'd give you a Hall of Fame breakdown. And I would go over the Super Bowl odds and... Maybe a team or two that I would put a buck on. Maybe get a, a glimpse of that from this show, too. So, Mike, thanks uh, so much, man. Yeah, Hall of Fame voter right here. We talk, We can talk about that someday, too. Ooh, maybe we will next week. We're running a little late, but yep. I, I'm going to give my opinion tomorrow, and then I want to hear a couple things from you. So I don't sure. so I don't want to skew my opinion for tomorrow's show. But, yep. yeah, yeah, interesting. We'll yeah, I'm glad you okay. brought that up. All right, man. Take All care. Right. Bye.